to be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Mills, quick pass. Nico at the five. Nico in the end zone. The dagger. And Grenard with the sack back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. Tremont Smith, coast to coast. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All-Access. So like many of you, I used to wonder what would happen when Groundhog Day ran smack dab into the real world. And that's pretty much what we have in the NFL. We've got the greatest reality show day after day after day. You wake up and go, what's going to happen today? What's going to happen today? Well, a lot has happened and we are here to break it down on Texas All Access. I'm John Harris, alongside the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, happy Groundhog Day, or as we <laughs> call it, the first day of the new league year, a.k.a. the third day of legal tampering, gone official, whatever you want to call it. It's still crazy. How are you doing, my friend? You know, Johnny, my very first full-time radio job was within an hour from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, where the groundhog lives. This is like many groundhogs, though. This is a lot of groundhogs doing a lot of different things, and we're waiting on a big thing here. Yes. And we'll let you know. We're live. We'll let you know as soon as it happens, if it does happen anytime soon. You get the feeling – I don't know, Johnny. Do you feel like it's – Within the next hour or two, or does it take another day or two? What are you thinking about this? What's your gut? I felt like like it's not even going to happen. I don't know. Maybe that's just (laughs) uh, uh, my wife wife speaking because my wife is always like that. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. That's kind of the way I feel. Jay Glazer put this out um, earlier today about, I don't know, it was during Clint's show. Teams involved in Deshaun Watson trade talks believe an answer is coming perhaps as early as today slash tonight. And then Jay put another tweet, which I thought was kind of interesting. He said, ultimately, it's up to Watson to choose, though. But even after Watson picks his destination, Texans could try to get a little more comp compensation so that it could drag out more. All these teams still waiting, but realize Watson has torn with decision as it is a huge decision. They are all in a holding pattern. So that's where we are. We are in a holding pattern pattern in some respects mark i i don't i don't know i've some I've, I've seen some people suggest this weekend i've seen jay glazer suggest it could be t- today tonight i i don't know i i'm getting to a point of you know what I, i'm pretty sure it's gonna happen but i don't know i mean you know you think you think about these situations and i, I know this hasn't happened there have been so many different signings but you always kind of go to the to the outliers, the ones that happened, like J.D. McKissick. You know, he's going to the Bills. And then, oh, yep. the commanders offered him a contract while he's going to stay in Washington. Randy Gregory was all set to be a Cowboy again. And then Jerry and his legal team snuck some language in there, and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm going to Denver. So there there are a couple of outliers, but it's one of those things where I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And as I said last night, I don't want to see it from Adnarn Scheister or – you know, rap sheets with a Z. Uh, you know, I want to. <laughs> I want to see it from the actual, legitimate individual of Ian Rappaport or uh, Adam Schefter. But yeah, you know, Mark, I, I don't know about you, but it's really, 
I don't know the right way of saying this because it's going to come off from a football standpoint. Just kind of, it's almost like twiddling your thumbs. You just get to a point where it's not only frustrating, but like, come on, we want you get. It's frustrating because you like want an answer. Well, but to Glazer's let's point, talk it about is, it. It is a big decision, and it is obviously something that Deshaun's got to live with. The Texans are going to have to be happy with, and and we're going to have to get that done. And I, it could be five minutes. It could be five days. It could be five months. I don't know. For all that matters, what what does any kind of delay, even a day? And I, I hate I hesitate to call it a delay. Everything feels like a delay after over a year of this. Yeah. But what does a delay do to the Texans? Obviously, it affects a lot of different things. I mean, guys like Baker Mayfield are in the wind. Matt Ryan is in the wind. Think about this. This whole prospect of these teams being able to acquire Deshaun Watson and possibly being able to to acquire him, the, the prospect of being able to acquire him, what has it done to their quarterback situation? And the relationship they have, Atlanta's relationship with Matt Ryan, who I think it was Landry who said, greatest quarterback in the history of that franchise? Yes. yes right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should have, would have, could have won a Super Bowl. I know they went to another one, but come on. And it's Matt Ryan, former MVP, and he's still there. And he's still able to play football. Now, he's not your next 10 years guy, and that's what they're angling for. Baker Mayfield, different story, of course. We know Cleveland probably feels this way about him anyway, and they have a chance to go ahead and score big. So they're going to take that chance. And now they have to do something else, and Mayfield put out that tweet last night. I mean, this stuff is such drama-induced, filled uh, it, it just it, the storylines are voluminous. It's so much fun to follow for fans, I think, but it's yep. also frustrating. Hence the Groundhog Day aspect that you brought up uh, right away. Look, I uh, I'm like you. I want it to happen so fast, but I feel like Sean Connery in The Untouchables as well. Don't yes. wait for it to happen. Don't even want it to happen because you know the longer you're on pins and needles, you just feel like you are twiddling your thumbs in a way. But look, you don't want to rush it. You want it to be right. And I think as far as the Texans go, football wise, you said football wise, and I wanted to go there. Yeah. What does it do for another day or two to go by for the Texans football wise? Not a ton necessarily, Nothing. right? Nothing. They might not acquire a certain player through free agency or a position group member that they might think they can get in this deal, right? Because players are bound to be involved. It's not just draft choices. But as far as the draft picks go, they're going to be what they're going to be, and you don't have to make those selections for another month and a half. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you're right about that. But if in Carolina, whether you're Brian Burns or Derek Brown or J.C. Horn, this isn't just quarterbacks that are kind of sitting on pins and needles. You know, if you're in if you're in Atlanta and you're a really good player, you go, man, am I going to be with the Falcons or am I going to be going to Houston? You know, same in Cleveland. Um, obviously, Baker Mayfield uh, took to to Instagram because I guess that's what the kids do nowadays and sort of let out his let out his feelings. Which, you know, I applaud people for letting their feelings out. I just, he's in a really rough situation uh, at that point, and you know that's the hard part for him. But it's it's more than just the quarterbacks. But this was something that we uh, I did last night on a podcast, Mark. The quarterback roulette. We talked about this before about where quarterbacks end up going. So if Deshaun being the biggest domino, once Deshaun goes, then how does that impact? You know, maybe he's not a big domino. If Deshaun ends up going to Carolina, is there still a lot of movement? I mean, Matt Ryan obviously stays in Atlanta. 
you know, does Cleveland try and repair things with Baker, or do they look at Jimmy G? Does Jimmy G go over there? Because that might he might fit with Kevin Stefanski. Does Baker Mayfield go to the Colts? You know, the Colts have got to get involved in this in some way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're they don't they don't have an option. I mean, Carson Wentz was the guy last year. Obviously, he's now officially with the Commanders. So the Colts have got to get involved in this in some way, shape, or form. So they get involved in Baker Mayfield. If the if Deshaun picks Atlanta and that's the deal that gets made, do the Colts get in on Matt Ryan? I mean, they're one of the few teams around the league that could just take Matt Ryan, I don't want to say sight unseen, but because of the salary cap openings that they have and the cap room that they have, they could just take Matt Ryan on and take all that money and in turn force the Falcons to – Give them pay like, hey, we'll give you Matt Ryan, take all the financial responsibility, and we'll call it even, or you know, or or we'll give you a pick. You know, it might be one of those situations, kind of crazy. But you know, if they have to move Matt Ryan, then the Texans are presumably getting all the picks. So I don't know how that's going to come to be, but the domino impact, the domino effect of Deshaun deciding where to go and then the trade being made has ramifications not only quarterback wise but player-wise throughout throughout the league. And there obviously are some teams that are just like, you know, hey, we're good, you know, including one in Buffalo. We're going to get to in a little bit. But that domino impact of where Deshaun goes is going to be real intriguing. Not only, okay, boy, he's going to this place. The Texans are trading him. They got this back. Those will be talking points for us here in Houston for, you know, days, weeks, maybe. But the side conversation is going to be, Okay, well, what does that mean for this team now? What what are they going to do? What's going to happen here in Atlanta if he goes to Atlanta? So there's just so many different things that have got to now fall into place with and what and given what happens with this trade potentially. I said potentially because again, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, sort of thing. But with Deshaun, it has such an impact around the league with so many different teams that are looking for quarterbacks. I'm just wondering, for Nick Casario, I can't wait till we finally visit with him, and we will uh, once they get everything all wrapped up. But we're going to visit with Nick, and that wouldn't be tonight during this show, although I would love it to be. Uh, but when we visit with him, I want to ask him what it was like to chase down free agents and evaluate things on the fly, which you have to do. It's not quite like the draft, but you have to do this because – People are available. People are unavailable. You have to change tax, whatever. And I know he's got help, but to go through all of that while you're trying to broker this big deal, right? This yeah. huge deal, this humongous history-making deal that will be talked about in the NFL for a long, long time. Nothing has ever happened like this. I didn't think that we would ever get to this sort of recruitment slash free agency sort of thing with Deshaun Watson, but that's where we are. And, of course, look, that's in the deal. Uh, That's his right. It's the no-trade clause. It's all out there. Johnny, other things that have happened today with the Texans, you and I talked about some of the new players, some of the players who are sticking around. Uh, We got more of that kind of news today. I don't know where you want to start. I'm going to let you pick. You pick one and give me your gut reaction to an acquisition that was made today. Yeah, the the first one, the one the, this one stood out to me because of a conversation that I had uh, with with somebody uh, years ago. Dari Ogunbowale, did I say that right? I know we had to say that during the uh, Ogunbowale. Ogunbowale, yeah. uh, yep, has been signed by the Texans, and here's it. 
I don't want to say it's not about Dari. I mean, Dari, I, th- I felt like back a few years ago, I was watching a young running back kind of find his sea legs and thought, man, you know, it's always good to have a good young running back around. I mean, you never know uh, what, what you might be able to get out of a 21, 22-year-old running back when you need some young, fresh legs. And I, mean, I was kind of thought, oh, he's terrible. He's this. He's. I'm like, I don't know, man. My eyes, my eyes tell me he's not as bad as you think he is. And I think he's proven that out. He has gotten time with Tampa. Uh, he was with Jacksonville. And so now he comes back to Houston. But here's the part that got me, Mark, is the fact that the Texans hadn't done a lot with the running back position. And they'd signed Rex back in, what, December. Resigned him, gave him an extension. And then I, I think that's it. That's really been about it was, was Rex. Scotty was under contract. And then they had Darius Anderson who they brought in about the same time they re-signed Rex. So you had those three running backs. But other than that, you hadn't heard anything about David Johnson uh, or any other free agent running back with the, with the Texans. So they make the first move in the running back realm with Dario Gumbwale, who I think has still got some – look, am I going to sit here and tell you he's Barry Sanders? No. That, and that's, that's not what, that's not what you're, you're paying him to be. Well, does he even make the team? Who's to say at that point? But I just felt like – seeing them look at running backs, and I want to say, you know, go back and rectify a mistake, but somebody in the building like Dario Gavale, and maybe that person was here back when Dario was in training camp or not, but I felt like, and you and I talked about this at the time, like, he's he's got something. I'd like to keep him around and see what we could do. When we didn't, he ended up making plays on active roster for the last three, four years in the league. So I'm glad to see the Texans get in the running back chase, if you will, with a relatively inexpensive option that I think can bring you a decent return. Are you with me that one of the things that jumps out to me, look, he doesn't have a ton of numbers in any direction, but he can catch the football. And I'm betting that he's pretty good in pass protection as well. I'm not sitting here saying he's your third down back full time, but I think he's got a chance to contribute that way. And we tend to overreact to free agent signings and especially money when it's a little bit more money than you thought a guy would have, could have, should have gotten. And when I say you, I don't mean you. I mean the media out there because I see reactions to Eric Murray's deal. They're acting like Eric Murray's making Von Miller money, right? That's not (laughs) happening. We'll get to him in a second. This this is all very affordable stuff relatively. Didn't uh, Darius Jackson, right, didn't Darius Jackson look pretty good in the Green Bay game in the preseason last year? He did, right? Yes. And he's on the yeah. roster. He's on yeah. the roster. So, all right. So, yeah. I'm, look, I think there's a long way to go here. There's the draft. There are other running backs out there. Let's uh, well, just tap the brakes here on full reaction. And by let's, I mean all of us, Texans Nation. It's a fluid process. This is ongoing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I again – I'm not sitting here saying that Dare is going to go to the Pro Bowl next year, but I think he is a capable back that I would have liked to have kept around a few years ago to see how he would have sure. grown, and he would have probably gotten an opportunity at some point, I would think, over the last couple of years because the running game just hadn't been that successful. So, you mentioned – I mentioned running back. I'll go to this one. The Texans have come to an agreement on a contract – And, Mark, you and I have talked about this for a while. Knowing, presumably, that Davis Mills was going to be the 
starter for 2022. That's all we're promised, that he was going to be the starter. Not that he was going to be the face of the franchise. We're not putting him on tickets. We're not uh, you know, bringing him out here to Texans Radio and, and giving him his own show. We're not doing any of that. But we felt like, okay, Davis Mills is the starter going into 2022. But who would be the backup? Well, Tyrod Taylor signed a two-year, $17 million deal to go to the New York Football Giants, the G-Men. So that left a big void, seemingly, as the backup quarterback. Jeff Driscoll has been signed. My man E.J. Perry from out of Brown University was apparently in the building, as Ian Rappaport pointed out today, so I was very proud. Go Bruno. And then today, the Texans made it official, seemingly. Well, I don't know if we made it official, but sources say, put it that way. We've agreed to terms with Kyle Allen, former five-star recruit out of Arizona who went to A&M, then transferred to University of Houston, and in week four of 2019, and it's arguably one of the better Texans teams that we've had over the last 20-some years, Kyle Allen beat the Texans that day. Got some help from Christian McCaffrey, but Kyle Allen was instrumental in making some big throws. Kyle Allen comes to Houston, not a massive contract, but a veteran with some pelts up on the wall. Mark, your gut reaction to finding the veteran quarterback behind Davis Mills. Well, I told everybody on this show the last couple of days, everyone reacts to the Jeff Driscoll signing. I knew Jeff Driscoll wasn't going to be your backup quarterback, right? He's going to get a shot to contribute, maybe a shot to make the roster, who knows? But Kyle Allen is the guy who's the backup quarterback to Davis Mills. The way we stand right now on March 16th, and the reason why I put it like that, I would not put it past Nick Casario to draft a quarterback at some point down the line, not high, but down the line in the draft, not necessarily, I wouldn't use the word insurance here, but just, hey, I'm in the casino and I walk by the roulette table and I'm going to put some, you know, some coins down on these numbers and see if they come through for me, because why not? Uh, Charlie Casually once said, hey, see, it's always good to draft quarterback, see, because it's good. You can <laughs> trade him later. You can do whatever you want. Now, it did work out for him and Dave Ragone, who's now the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, by the way. But it did for Drew Henson to a degree. All right. They they bumped up a draft choice uh, by taking him. And I think Nick could do that. And if you don't do that, you have Kyle Allen. If you do do that, you still have Kyle Allen, who might be the backup anyway, but you might be able to develop a young quarterback. Again, a long way to go here. I know everyone wants all the hay in the barn right now, but it's not going to happen. It's an ongoing process. I like this signing, Johnny. He's accurate, all right? He's played enough football where he can get out there and do his thing. He's going to play a bunch in the preseason, and he can help you. We all saw it here up close and personal. By the way, the only guys in the building, really, who are part of that were uh, the guys, you know, Matt Bazergan, Uh, James Lipford, they saw it with their own eyes, what Kyle Allen did to this team. You know, Nick obviously watches all the film in the world, but nobody else of note, really, uh, who has a say or input in personnel uh, was in the building, right? I mean, you really don't have that kind of uh, holdover from that staff. No, you're right, and that's – I was was just saying I remember that game. And you know what? It's three years ago, and as Lonnie Johnson tweeted the other day, he was like, am I the only cat here for 2019? Um, it's pretty darn close. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, Titus, Max, Lonnie, Weeksy. Mm-hmm. Anybody I'm missing? I mean. Somebody they, will come to me. They, they'll, there'll be somebody that comes to mind, but it, it, it's not, it's not a lot. I mean, if, I mean, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the, the roster right here. I, Mark, it's not, 
it's not many that were around for that uh, that loss to Carolina. There were some for last year's loss, but not in 2019. So Kyle Allen joins the Texans. Then the Texans made a trade. And Mark, I'm not expecting you at all to know much about Blake Cashman from the New York Jets. But Blake Cashman traded for, I believe it was a 2023 six-rounder. And we saw this uh, with Nick Serial last year, taking a shot on some players, making a trade for Anthony Miller. I think it was a fifth to the Bears. There might have been some other, other pieces involved. They did for Ryan Izzo, a seventh to the Patriots, to try and see if something's there with a younger player that may not have had a ton of success, but given opportunity, who knows what uh, he could do with. Those guys didn't pan out. Maybe Blake Cashman does. Young man from out of Minnesota had a really good combine pro day back when he was coming out of Minnesota, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He came out of the gates fast, played very well for the Jets early on, but then was on injured reserve for a long time and has struggled to get back on the field. So Texans yeah. give up a 2023 sixth rounder for Blake Cashman. And again, I go back to the running back thoughts earlier, Mark, the fact that they had signed Kirko. And Tay Davis was was back a ways, and that's really all they had done at the linebacker position. So I figured at some point something was going to happen with linebacker and running back. Well, they both happened today with running back Dario Gumbwale and then Blake Cashman making a trade with the New York Jets. Yeah, and again, these are these guys are just to add to the mix, especially Cashman. I mean, I think a Gumbwale. Uh, can make the roster and contribute that way. I'm not saying he's going to be your bell cow running back. Uh, with Cashman, you're right. You look at uh, his resume here. He's been hurt a lot, so let's just see if he can finally stay healthy in this building. And, you know, some guys have been able to stay healthy with the Houston Texans who weren't healthy previously. So let's see if that pans out for him. But uh, just another uh, player to watch out for. All right, Eric Murray. Do Eric Murray for me now. Okay. Because, Texans, you know, we've right. seen Eric Murray improve, right, yeah. over time at his yeah. spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, everybody points back to Eric Murray and the contract that he was given when he got here, and that just sets up this narrative for a player. Everybody's expecting when they see that money and then – Hey, let's get somebody on from Cleveland or Kansas City to talk about Eric Murray. And they're like, well, we, don't, we didn't really see him play a whole lot. And it's like, oh, we spent that. Look, Eric Murray will tell you, he's made mistakes. There have been times he hasn't played exceptionally well. There were also times last year in particular, I thought he played very well and, and really made plays to keep his team in games and to save different points of games. He made tremendous plays. They bring him back. They get his contract uh, renegotiated two years, $10 million. Um, that was so look, people are going to, they're going to lose their mind when they see Eric Murray, Mark, they just are because they've got a narrative in their head about it. But if you really watch him, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to tell you he's going to replace Justin Reed or he's going to the pro bowl or anything, but two years, $10 million is, and you have to change your, the way you look at things. You can't look at it from five years ago when two years, $10 million, like, Whoa, man, you paid, you know, some pro bowlers that at certain positions, two years, $10 million, you know, that's for a player that has contributed the last couple of years and still has something left to contribute and play a position that is key in this defense at safety. So Eric Murray's back. What is your gut reaction, Mark Vandermeer? Look, I think that you, you're trying to help your football team in any which way you can. And again, you're shaping the roster the best way you can right now, affordably, because they're not going to go crazy signing guys who are making 
you know, huge dollars. Yeah. All right, and Justin Reed's contract with the Chiefs, by the way, that's not unbelievable back up the Brinks truck money, although they did send a private jet for him, I noticed, according to the Chiefs' Twitter account. Uh, but it's it's more than the Texans are going to pay for a safety right now, right? Yeah, especially and, and when they have a Yeah, especially when they have a boatload of draft picks coming. So you're going to set up the team, the skeletal structure, right? I know a lot of people think, well, wait a minute. You won four games last year. You're bringing back a bunch of the same guys. True, but you're bringing back good guys, right? And you're bringing in some pieces to go along with them, and then you're going to fill it in with the draft. And the key thing to me of all of this as I zoom out and fly at 50,000 feet is – if you find a way to run the football better, even middle of the pack, if you could get to average with last year's team, yep. I think you're winning seven or eight games. I just do. I mean, I saw it. We all saw it. I know they got blown out a few times, but they had some close games that were una- they were unable to get going at all because they couldn't run the football. They were going negative at times. We all yeah. saw it together, and that can't happen again. I think that's where the solutions have to occur so they've worked on the offensive line already relative to this time of year. You're going to work on it again in the draft. You know, we all know about the quarterback situation, and they're going to add running backs and everything. As far as Murray goes and the defensive side of the ball, we saw some good things that they did, but they are not done. And I think adding who they did yesterday with MJ Stewart, that helps. Okoronkwo helps. They're going to add more. Malik Collins re-signing helps. Christian Kirksey, Des King. Let's keep going here. Yeah, and we'll see what happens in a trade. You never know. Look, if it's a trade with the Panthers, maybe you bring back one or two of their defensive players to add into, oh, the, yeah. into the mix as well. So you've got that potential. You've got, hopefully, additional draft capital that you're going to have after the trade, and you've already got your own picks, uh, and you had a – and even if you j- just take the trade out of it, you've got a first, a second, and two-thirds. You know, you've got four picks in the top 80, I believe it is. So – depending on how you want to you know, use those picks, those, those players are going to be added to the mix, young elite talent. So it's all about building this thing, and you got to build it with every type of player. And, and that's what, what Nick Casario is in the process of doing, no doubt. And Lovey Smith was in Athens to take a look at those elite players at Georgia's Pro Day. Man, it was some great stuff. All right, we'll break it here. But on the other side, the Buffalo Bills are not in the AFC West, but they're acting like it. We'll talk about that and things going on around the league next right here at Texans All Access. Texans All Access continues in a moment. Unjunk your sleep at Mattress Firm. For a limited time, get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price and save up to $500 on top-selling brands like Sealy, Serta, and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase up to a $4.99 value. Or shop hot buys and get up to 50% off, like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $324.99 or Sleepies at $199.99. In stock for fast delivery, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. Yes, sir. Welcome back. John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer here for Texas All Access. And news breaking seemingly during the break. We added another Quesenberry. Mark, we now have, well, we have Paul Quesenberry on the roster, fullback. Mm-hmm. We now have added Scott Quesenberry, interior offensive lineman, Aaron Wilson, 
uh, from PFN, Pro Football Network, uh, tweeted that a little bit. And David Questenberry obviously played for the Texans back in 2013. He was drafted and had to deal with lymphoma, was out for three years, played in 2017, ended up being a starting right tackle for the Tennessee Titans for two years. And uh, so we had all three Quesenberries now in Houston. Paul here, Scott coming. David has yeah. been here. So the Quesenberry trio all making its way to and through Houston at some point. So Scott gets involved in the interior mm-hmm. offensive line mix. That is the Texas news that happened during the break. But Mark, right before the show. Wait, wait. I gotta say, so- I gotta say you- something about uh, the Quesenberry situation, okay? Okay. Because I am shallow enough to be bitter that David has done so well as a starter with the Titans, right? I mean, I'm happy for him, Johnny. Obviously, what he went through was so serious, and I'm being, you know, I'm just kind of clowning around here a little bit. But you know how I feel because the Texans organization stood by David, and David put in the work and the treatment, and he finally gets on the field Christmas Day against the Steelers 2017. But eventually it's like, eh. I don't know if you can play or whatever. I don't know what the feeling was, but clearly David Quesenberry could play. I mean, really, the O'Brien staff originally thought he could play. The Kubiak staff certainly thought he could play because that's when he was drafted in 2013. Everyone poo-pooed that 2013 draft, but yet, as it turned out, three players who are still alive in this league, not with this team, from that draft. You have DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan Griffin, and David Quesenberry, right? Yeah. I remember there telling, it is. I told you, I said this actually doing a different draft show in 2013. Uh, it was the last draft show I would do without you. Uh, How dare you. And, yeah, I know. Um, and the Texans drafted a tackle from the University of North Carolina. I want to say his name was Williams. I can't remember his first name. Brennan. Brennan Williams. In the yeah. third round. And at the time, I was not a fan. When they drafted Quesenberry in the sixth round, I remember saying... They got it backwards. They should have drafted Quesenberry in the third and got Williams in the sixth. And that's kind of the way it turned out. Quesenberry ended up being yeah. around the league for a while. And Brandon Williams was, I believe, out of the league before 2014 even began, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I was, I was right on that one. I just thought I'd tell everybody I was right for once because I know a lot of you people. You were right. Like, You're never right. I was right that one time. So, uh, I'll uh, take, I'll you take are my right W's very often. Get them. I'll take my W's very often. I can get them. All right, so right before the show. Right before the show, I am floating through Twitter and just scrolling like, okay, what kind of news, what kind of news, what kind of news? And I see a picture of Von Miller. And at the bottom, it's Instagram. Now, I'm, not on, I'm on Instagram, but I, I don't post anything on Instagram, which I probably should change that. But I just, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm way too old school for that. But mm-hmm. I've seen Instagram enough to know, like, at the bottom – of Instagram, I see this a lot of times where, where seemingly someone or some team or some organization is tagged, you know, at Jair's football, at Texans Voice. And I see Von Miller's picture, and at the bottom, I see at Buffalo Bills, and then I see the, the eyeball, emo- like the eyes emoji. And I'm like, no, there's no way. There is no way. Yeah. I hit refresh. I hit refresh. I hit refresh. Von freaking Miller is going to the Bills? Are you kidding me? And then they top that with a one-year, $3.5 million deal with tight end O.J. Howard. 
And right before they signed Vaughn, it was Daquan Jones uh, who had been with the Tennessee Titans for a while. So I was glad to see Daquan Jones leave. Uh, even though they have Nyquan Jones, Daquan Jones, pretty good player. Bob Miller. So, okay, they signed Vaughn. All right, well, what really does that mean? Like, what? Uh, I mean, like a year, $8 million? No, 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 no. Six years, $120 million, and I believe $53 million is guaranteed. I had it up in front of me, and now all of a sudden I lost it. But uh, $120 million. Now, that's if he sees the whole contract all the way through. But, Mark, Von Miller going to Buffalo? I mean, AFC West has been yeah. making the moves. They're the ones that, I mean, the Raiders signed Chandler Jones. The Chargers traded for Khalil Mack. The Raiders re-upped with Max Crosby. All teams, every team in that division has got a pair of edge rushers that are just stout. The, who the Broncos... Uh, who did the Broncos add? Um, why am I drawing a blank? It was Bradley Chubb, and they just added somebody yesterday. I'm just totally Khalil blind. Mack. No, 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 the Broncos. Oh, the Broncos. The Broncos added somebody to go with. Um, I can't remember who it is. Either way, point being, the AFC West has been cornering the market on all these players, and you're like, holy cow. Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. <laughs> That's who's going to Denver. You're right. And the Bills signed Von Miller. Got reaction to see Von Miller go to Buffalo. All right. Well, look, does this enable you to make the stop on Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game to get the coveted stop you didn't get at the end of the game? And I think that when you're Buffalo, you have to look at things like that. Everyone knows you have to go through the long haul, the 17-game schedule, and get back to the postseason and hopefully get home field advantage. But Von Miller... Over time here, look, he's a tremendous player. I'm not taking anything away from him. It's interesting to me how a player drafted the same year as J.J. Watt can pull in this kind of money right now, this deep into his career. He can do it. Now, let's look at the sack numbers and how we like to um, put maybe too much weight in double-digit sacks, right? right? Because he had nine and a half last year. Obviously, 2020, we throw that out. Uh, 2019, eight sacks. The last time he had double-figure sacks was 2018. Players change over time. Is he the same guy? Well, in the postseason where it matters, he rises to the occasion. So somehow you have to get to that starting line of the playoffs with a healthy Von Miller, and it can mean all the difference in the world. But also through the regular season, Johnny, if I'm Buffalo, they're doing the right thing, obviously. You have the Patriots who – I'm not saying they're a tremendous threat, but they're still a threat, and the Bills almost blew it to them, right? Remember when the Patriots won that game in the wind, and we were thinking, oh, my gosh, is this going to be the shortest-lived dynasty handover, you know, changeover ever as the Patriots are back? And by dynasty, I just meant relative to the division because the Patriots have owned the AFC East. I believe that the record in the Belichick era – of every other AFC East team is still sub-500, including the Buffalo Bills, over time, which is amazing to me. And they're doing everything they can to change it. So, yeah, they had to make this deal. I mean, they had to do something. They, they had to make sure they win that sucker, and then when they get to the big stage at the end of the year, whether it's Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes, they got to be able to make those stops. You're right, and they've realized that as well. Here is a look back, in some sense, at the Bills' 
drafting. 2020, 2020 second round, A.J. Epinesa. 2021 first round, Gregory Russo. 2021 second round, Boogie Basham. Then they add Von Miller through free agency. So they knew they had to load up on edge rushers uh, in Leslie Frazier's 4-3. They've gotten that guy. They added O.J. Howard. They also signed Roger Saffold as a guard. My goodness. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted, six-year deal, $51.5 million guaranteed, including $34 million fully guaranteed at signing. You sign V.O.N. Miller, and you get $34 million. My goodness. Mark, he wasn't the only edge rusher. I glossed over it when I was talking about the AFC West. The Las Vegas Raiders made Chandler Jones a rich man. So now if you look at the AFC West, a division that we will face this year, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard will face, presumably all being healthy, the Raiders, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones. The Broncos, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory. The Chargers, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. And then the Chiefs, you're talking about Frank Clark. Um, and then I would imagine they're going to bring in a young rusher to go with uh, Frank Clark as well. So, whoo, the AFC West. But the big news there is Chandler Jones going from Arizona out to Las Vegas, and we will go out to Las Vegas this year to play the Raiders, and we will face Chandler Jones, who we didn't get to see this year, Mark, so we're making up for lost time. Uh, Jones had five sacks against the Titans in the opener, right? Yep. So basically doubled that the rest of the way throughout. But that five-sack performance inflated the total number, which I find interesting. Another thing I find interesting is the Raiders trading Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts, Johnny. What were your thoughts on that? Because, you know, here we are with – you make that deal for Chandler Jones, and Ngakwe – look, Ngakwe's not Von Miller, right? But he had 10 sacks. He can get up to the quarterback a little bit. Uh, they know better than we do. They lived with the guy, but they somehow feel Chandler Jones that that money is going to be more worth it. Yeah, and you know, Gakwe had that great year in 2017. He's never fully gotten back to that point. He doesn't play the run exceptionally well. That's been something that's kind of hung over his head for a while. But, Mark, the one thing that stood out to me with Ngakwe going to the Colts, and he goes to the Colts for Rock Yassine, first of all, the Colts – I, I wouldn't tell you the, the perimeter corners for the Colts have played all that well. Xavier Rhodes has had some periods. But Yassine was early in the second round for the Colts. And they they missed on that one. Where they've also missed, have, it's been on the edge. They have not been able to find that guy. Now, Kimoko, Kimoko Ture was supposed to be that guy, but he couldn't stay healthy. He got hurt in his second year there, and that fell off. They drafted Ben Banigou from TCU. That hasn't worked. Uh, Tyquan Lewis was a second rounder back in 2018. That didn't work. They were trying to find as many guys to come off the edge. They just couldn't find that guy to replace Justin Houston. Now, Quiddy Pay could turn into that guy. There were kind of fits and starts there for Quiddy Pay on the edge. But as much as Chris Ballard wants to put an emphasis on the edge, they have not gotten it right for the most part with the guys that they have drafted. Now, I think Deo Dingbo can play from Vanderbilt. He can play. He just had to rehab and didn't get back till halfway through. He's going to be the interesting guy off the edge. So it may be him and Pay in the long run, but now they got Yannick Ngakwe, 
who can get to the quarterback, even though he doesn't really fit their overall style, which is very violent and physical at the line of scrimmage. He wants to run and get after it on the edge in the pass game. So maybe that's what it turns into. You know, a guy like a Dengbo plays on the outside, then he bumps inside, then Ngakwe comes on a third down, and away you go. That'll be interesting. But Ngakwe is not Chandler Jones, but he is an upgrade for the Colts at that edge spot. Isn't he worth more than Rock Yassin? I mean, what am I missing here? I'm missing something. I'm missing no, it doesn't, something. I, mean, I don't know. You're, you're, you're getting a pass rusher. You're not getting a complete edge player. You know what I mean? You're not getting a guy that's going to – going to dominate right. against the run. You you know But you, what am I getting in Rock Yassin if I'm the Raiders? It's a fresh body. start. Maybe yeah, he can fresh flourish start, there. body. Yeah. I mean, what right. you know, that's what it is. It, it's kind of a fresh start for each guy and the Raiders need a little bit of help out on the edge. They lost Brandon Faison who actually yeah. signed with the Indianapolis Colts. So, they need bodies. And I would imagine and the Raiders, the Raiders have blown it drafting corners. You know, they drafted Damon Arnett who's threatened people on Instagram with Uzis. And they, you know, they lose him. He was a first-rounder. Yeah. They have not drafted well at that spot. So, Rocky Sheen gets a fresh start out with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yannick Ngakwe goes to Indianapolis. Now, we could be getting a fresh start with overtime in the NFL. Two proposals, one proposal from two different teams, kind of the same proposal, have been brought up. Mark is the connoisseur of overtime rules. We'll see how he feels about that <laughs> next right here on Texans All Access. More Texans Radio is on the way. The March winner of the Houston Texans Star of Courage Award presented by Apache is Deputy Investigator Rishi Singh with the Harris County Sheriff's Office. Deputy Singh dedicates his time to serving and protecting the citizens of Harris County while also supporting his fellow officers and has raised more than $10,000 for fallen officers, serves on the peer support team and hostage negotiation team, and speaks to fellow officers about the importance of asking for help. Thank you for all you do, Deputy Singh. To learn more and to nominate a first responder today, visit HoustonTexans.com slash Star of Courage. Texans Radio, the drive continues. I Mark, there are two overtime proposals. One came from the Colts and the Eagles. It would allow both teams an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime. That's the first one. Second one comes from yep. the Tennessee Titans. Their proposal would allow both teams an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime unless the team with the first possession scores a touchdown and a two-point try, your thoughts about the overtime proposals. I bet that one doesn't pass because that's just way too much pressure on these coaches to make that decision. That's a tough that takes call. big stones yep. to go ahead and punch it in or try to and end the game right there. Now, my comeback to that, because you know how I feel about overtime, just do sudden death. You played 60 <laughs> minutes. It's overtime. Whoever wins, wins, and you go home. You've already played enough football. <laughs> Incentivize these teams to win the game in regulation. Oh, but, Mark, it's not fair. Really? Really? You just played 60 minutes. Win the game in regulation. And if you go to overtime, you got to deal with the coin toss and make a stop. But anyway, that'll never happen again. So, I okay, think what's so going to happen, back, wait, Johnny. I, got, I, want to go back, I want to go back to one thing. Okay. Remember in 2020 okay. when mm-hmm. we played the Titans? And we right. went up eight, or I'm sorry, we yep. went up seven, and Romeo decided yep. to go for two to put us up two scores. That essentially yep. is what you're saying. It was incentive. So you're now two years later in agreement with that. Is that what you're saying? 
Could say. Well, it. that was in regulation. Yeah, that right? was in regulation, but it would prevent that overtime. That was in regulation? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, that would have won the game right there because yep. the Titans drove down the field, kicked the extra point, and then they got the ball first in overtime and they won. At right. that point, I was thinking, boy, it would be nice to have an extra possession here. But then you just keep playing forever, right? Yep. And look, I'm in favor of more football, but at some point, the game needs to end. Player safety, whatever. We got to get to 60 <laughs> minutes, whatever. So, <laughs> murder she wrote. Does anyone remember that? Uh, anyway, I, I, I think each team will get a possession. That's how this will be solved, and we'll move on from there. It, it, yeah. After what happened in the AFC Championship game, they can't go there again. Yeah, that's where we're going. I like that proposal, the two-point conversion, but that is a lot of pressure on the coaches, man. Holy smokes. Mark, appreciate you being on tonight. We'll be back with more tomorrow. I believe the general will be with us live at 6 o'clock. Maybe there's a deal. Maybe there isn't. Maybe we'll have a lot to talk about. Maybe we'll rehash the day's goings-on. A big thanks to Chris Santiago. All of you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans!